Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries, and today is Sunday, November 28, 2021, and I would just like to thank you for listening to this and taking out your time. I hope that you had a beautiful Thanksgiving. I know me and my family did. God is good, but we should thank him more than just one day. Amen. What do you say? Hallelujah. God is awesome. He deserves more than just one day of thanks. Amen. I will be speaking on the threshing floor the threshing floor, and I'll be taking it from First Chronicles chapter 21. Amen. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you. We thank you for being a father of all fathers, a king of all kings, and a lord of all lords. Thank you for being in the third heaven, being the creator of all things. The goodness that you've given us, we don't deserve, but we thank you for that. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, good health, joy, peace, wealth, abundance, Hallelujah. We thank you for all of it, Lord God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent to to live inside of us, to give us wisdom, to teach us those things that we need to know about your heavenly kingdom. We thank you for the protection you've given us. We thank you for the times even that the enemy has come against us, which is just a a key to let us know that we're doing right for, for the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and everything that rises up against us shall fall. We lift up all of the prayer requests that we received, and we give them to you. Hallelujah. Nobody else can answer those prayers the way you can. So, Holy Spirit, use me to deliver this word, the threshing floor. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I want to start out, guys, with um, uh, First Chronicles chapter 21. Guys and gals, amen, <laughs> with First Chronicles chapter 21. And it starts out. Okay, saying that, it says, and Satan stood up against Israel, which he is still doing today. He's not only standing up against Israel, he's standing up up against all those who are grafted in. That means you and me, amen, and provoked David to number Israel. Satan provoked David to number Israel. Now, if David was the king of Israel and everybody was under him, everything was going fine. Amen. Why would he worry so much about taking a census at this time? Amen. You know, we have to watch out for pride. David just wanted to know how many people he had working underneath him. Nobody wanted to know that but Satan. He caused, he used this to cause David to trip, to sin. Amen. When you provoke somebody, you stimulate so watch out where your stimulation comes from. You incite, deliberately annoy someone to do something. Amen? And this is what he's doing to David. David listened, just as he did when he killed a soldier for his own for his wife. Now, it makes you wonder, was David a double-minded man? King of all Israel, but listening to the devil? Was he so different than King Saul? It makes you wonder. Amen? Anytime you obey Satan or your flesh, you've sinned. The Bible considers this as a sin. Amen? Now, in verse 2, it says, And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of him to me that I may know it. David told Joab, that was his go-to boy, amen, to bring the census to him so that, 
quote unquote, I may know it. He said he wanted to know it. He just wanted to know. Could David's temptation be sin? Could David's temptation to sin be a fly on the wall for Satan? Satan may have needed the numbers to see how many demons he needed to use against Israel. Israel is a huge threat to Satan. Israel and all those grafted in. Amen. In verse 3, and it says, And Joab answered, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord the king, are they not all the Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause to trespass against Israel? So even Joab's asking, David, what, you're not yourself. What, what's going on here? Why do you want to number the people? Even Joab asked him. Amen. Joab asked David wisely, why do you need the number? Because they were all his. They were all his people. Why was he concerned about how many? You know, we got to watch pride. David had, I believe David had pride in him. And we know what the Bible says about pride. Pride goeth before a fall. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says pride goes before destruction. Mark 7, 22 speaks of pride and foolishness together. <laughs> Those two words together tell you a little something, something. Amen. Pride and foolishness. First John 2.16, and we a lot of us have heard this before, lust of, okay, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are no good. And this is what David was going through, I believe, at this time. Amen. According to the law of Moses, everyone was to give a half shekel for the census. And you can read about this in Exodus 30. Verses 13 to 14. Joab knew this. David knew as well. But David didn't care. David was stubborn. How many people do we know know good and well they're doing something they have no business doing? And they don't care. Sometimes you care more about it than they do. <laughs> Amen. There's just people like that. David didn't care. He's not being very wise here. He's not listening to the counsel of his go-to guy. Amen. Isn't it funny? Joab was good enough for everything else, but he just wasn't good enough for this, to help David in this case. David literally was stubborn and didn't care. Second Chronicles 24:19 speaks of people who would not listen. Amen. And in this case, David was one of them. David did not, and I quote, pay the price like Jesus did for us, unquote. Jesus paid the price. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus paid the price for you? Hallelujah. Jesus paid the price. This goes to show that Jesus is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. King David messed up here, but King Jesus never will. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. King Jesus never will. Now let's go to verse 14. First uh, Chronicles chapter 21, verse 14. Amen. 
A severe judgment followed David's disobedience, and 70,000 men died as a result. It says, so the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. That's a lot of people died because of David's falling to the devil's temptation. People can suffer according to your decisions, especially when you're in leadership. This is what we're going through now in the United States where I live at, and other countries are going through it as well. We are under evil leadership, some of us. They're throwing God out of courts. They're throwing God out of schools. They're tearing down crosses off of churches. It's gotten to the point now where some people are even afraid to put a cross up in their yard for Christmas or any other reason. Evil leadership. People suffer. Death. This COVID and, and Omni whatever they have, Omnicrom, all this stuff. People are suffering because of bad leadership. When you hold hands with the devil, you suffer. There are countries right now that the United States is 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 uh, in cahoots with in various projects or whatever that they shouldn't even trust to sweep their floor. We shouldn't even trust them to sweep our floors, and we're in cahoots with them. And you wonder why people are sick and suffering? Bad leadership. Pestilence has come upon us because of it. Amen. Israel had 1,100,000 men who drew the sword. Judah had 470,000 men who drew the sword. Joab didn't add Benjamin and Levi, though, because he didn't like nor trust what David was doing. So in doing so, he saved them from judgment. Joab actually saved human beings from dying because of what his king, David, had decreed. David had a lot of blood on his hands. Cute little David. Shepherd. David the shepherd. Little red David. Ruddy David. David played a mean guitar. David with the heart. David could get rid of evil spirits just by singing and praising and playing, which we can as well. Never stop singing and praising and praying. Amen. Amen. Not only did he kill enemies, David got his own people killed too. What kind of leader gets their own people killed? Amen? Think about it. We have a lot of them now, don't we? David, though, okay, there's one thing about David. David had one characteristic that other kings didn't have. He had one characteristic that the devil hates, and that is the fact we should have it as well. That is the fact that David repented immediately. 
Read verse 8. When you do something wrong, immediately ask God to forgive you. Don't wait because the devil plays on it. Amen? Immediately ask God to forgive you. Verse 8 says, And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Amen? He immediately repented. That's one thing I can say about Catholics. They do repent. They do confess. Amen. Amen. Talk about them if you will, but they do confess. They don't play with that. Amen. We should learn something from that. Amen. And let's look at verse 17. And David said unto God, is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed, but as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. See, he confessed his sin. And we need to do this. You know, this is how I believe. Some people don't believe this, but I do, you know, and, and, and most of the people I know that, that are on, on fire for the Lord agree and do the same thing. But when you've done something you know is wrong, that's called a trespass. Ask God to forgive you immediately. And that way the devil can't play on it and you can forget it and walk in God's grace. Amen? Verse 7. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. This is God's divine displeasure. Amen? God punished Israel. Amen? The things that you do, that you know are wrong, could cause other people to suffer for it. Amen? When you know you're wrong, correct yourself. As they say, check yourself before you wreck yourself and others. <laughs> Let's change that, amen, before you wreck yourself, comma, and others. God punished Israel because of David's sin. Here's an example I have for you. It's like when uh, one military person does something wrong, the whole platoon is punished. Did you ever watch the movie Full Metal Jacket? I love that movie, Being a Marine. <laughs> I love that movie, a former Marine. When the private had a, he, he had a donut, he had a donut where it should not have been in his sleeping quarters. Okay, everybody else was exercising, trying to get their lives together, trying to get healthy. And here comes this, he was a little chunky, okay, and he just loved food. He just ate. And he hit a donut and the sergeant, the drill sergeant found it. And they all had to do sit-ups. He made the entire platoon do sit-ups because this man could not keep his mouth off of food. Amen. And at nighttime, they tied him down in his bed while he was sleeping with covers. And they put soap, bars of soap, in towels and beat him. They just beat him. People don't like it when you when they have to pay for something that you've done. They're not happy about that. Amen. They will not like you or trust you because you continue to make bad decisions. 
The only thing that could save David here is God. Imagine how the people moaned and complained about his bad leadership. The Bible says when you have a bad leader, everybody suffers and people are sad. And when you have a good leader, the people are happy. Amen. Under proper leadership, one bad apple will not spoil the whole bunch. Amen. Verse 9. Let's read verse 9. Amen. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus said the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them that I may do it unto thee. Uh-oh. Okay. God used David's seer, Gad, to give him an ultimatum, a choice of three punishments, if you will. Amen. Number one, he offered, God offered David three years of famine. As a leader of Israel, this is what he's going to have to go through, one of these, whatever he chooses. Number two, three months of being swept away by your enemies while their swords overwhelm you. Or number three, three days of Adonai's sword with plague in the land with God's angel destroying everything in Israel's territory. No matter what you choose, there's going to be some type of devastation. This is like Solomon's wish, only on a negative side, of course. God gave David an ultimatum and yet gave his son a favor slash blessing, all in the form of a question. Remember, God asked Solomon what he wanted, and Solomon asked for wisdom. Amen. Solomon could ask for anything in the world. He asked for wisdom. What First thing we think about today is money. <laughs> Solomon asked for wisdom, and money came with it. You know, see, you got you to gotta answer God properly, okay? You can't be, uh, you know, selfish. God asks questions, just like he asked Adam and Eve in the garden. In Genesis 3, 9, where are you, Adam? God knew where they were at. He knew where they were at. God will ask you questions. He just wants to see how you're going to answer. Who told you that you were naked? And then he says, have you eaten from the forbidden tree? And then he, in the, he says, what have you done? God knew all of this. He knew the answers to these. God wants to see how we are going to answer him. Because if you lie to him, he'll know he's not your father. You are of your father, the devil. That's word. That's in the Bible. You are of your father, the devil, because he is the father of lies. You lie to God, you're a liar. Satan is your father. Amen? David loved God so much, though. He still loved God. He trusted in him. He trusted his life in the lives of God's people in God's hands. He chose the third door, Bob, <laughs> or should we say Drew, yeah, Drew Carey, okay, Bob Barker, and now we have Drew Carey. And let's look at verse 15. And it says, and God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And it says, as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of evil. As the angel was destroying, that means somebody got messed up, right? Okay. 
in the middle of the angel destroying, or as he was, wherever it might not have been in the middle, God forgave David. He repented him of evil and said to the angel that destroyed, see, he'd already destroyed with E.D. here, it is enough, stop. He said, stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Amen. Amen. The angel began to destroy Jerusalem, but God told the angel to stop. The angels listen to God. Whatever he says, do they do. And when he says stop, they stop. The two-thirds that are left, amen. Thank God we got two-thirds left. Devil only took one-third. Praise the Lord. We got the two-third working force that love the Lord and obey him, amen. Bless. I always tell people, bless your angels in your prayers. <laughs> bless your angels because the things they do to keep us going, to keep us safe, amen. David and the elders fell to their faces. The angel stood by the threshing floor. Okay, now let me get into what a threshing floor is. Amen. The threshing floor is a circular, smooth surface, either outdoors or inside a building where people separate grain from useless straw to expose the most valuable part of the crop. Here's a question for you today. Do you have, okay, angels? On your threshing floor. Does God have you on a threshing floor? Amen. Is your life changing somehow? Is something happening in your life where you can feel something's going on, but you just can't put your finger on it? Like God's making a change. Bible says God wants to do a new thing. Amen. God wants to separate in you that which is valuable from the invaluable. Have you been feeling this lately? Have you ever heard people pray and say, Lord, take out all the dross in me? This is what it means. Lord, take out all the dross in me. That means the ugly stuff, the unneeded stuff, the unnecessary stuff, the stuff that will make you look bad, this thing, the stuff that will make God look bad. And heaven forbid we don't want to make God look bad. He doesn't make us look bad, <laughs> right? Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, I heard you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God is good. There's an angel assigned to your threshing floor, my friend. The threshing floor separates the wheat from the chaff. A place in your life that is experiencing a Psalm 1 experience. Let's, in fact, let's turn to Psalm 1. Uh, oops. Well, I guess I got there. I have to take my Bible so old. <laughs> I've had this Bible for, I think, 30 years, 30 or more years. Um, four. Psalm 1-4. Okay. And it says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Ungodliness will blow away with the wind. If you allow the Holy Spirit of God to use you 
and do that for you. Amen. The punishment stopped there. There are some of us who are punishing ourselves by not repenting. You know you're doing something wrong, and you just don't want to repent of it. You know how they say everybody has a crutch? Well, everybody has to have a crutch. Well, yeah, you go ahead. Amen. You go ahead and smoke them cigarettes and get cancer. What, if cancer is your crutch? And I tell people when you repent, you know, it's not, don't abuse it. I tell people like smoking cigarettes. When you smoke cigarettes, amen, there's usually 20 cigarettes in a pack. Don't ask God to forgive you on every cigarette. Amen. He said, you just, that's abuse. God sees that. He's not going to allow that. You can't walk the fence. Either you're on his side, you're going to do right, or you're on the devil's side, you're going to do wrong. God sees you trying. He knows. Amen. Let the little bits of your life that are useless blow away. Store good grain, not useless dust. Store goodness in your life. Store good grain. Amen. Store goodness. God is good. God wants you to have good. Hallelujah. Bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for putting up with us and giving us a way to get out of our evil. Get out of let go of our wickedness. We can let go of our wickedness with you, Jesus, covered by your blood and using your name in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wipe away the useless dust in us, Father God. Amen. David asked to buy the property. This time he this time he's going to use money. Amen. <laughs> David asked to buy the property. Okay, that the threshing floor was on. He would not give the Lord what was not his own. He bought the whole property and built an altar. How many of us give God something that is not our own? God wants something from you. It's just like a parent, like a, like a, like a parent, um, Mother's Day, Father's Day, holidays, whatever, you know, Christmas, whatever. Do you, I don't know if a lot of you realize this, but we we really do appreciate something made by you <laughs> over something from the store. I would rather have a card made by my daughter and my son well, when they were little, you know, small, but, and they did it too. I asked them, you know, I don't like to see my kids spend a whole bunch of money on just because it's a holiday or something, you know, and when my kids would make me a card on Mother's Day and put a little flower in it, they go out and pick a flower and stick a flower <laughs> and press the flower. I cherish that. I still have some of them. In fact, in my Bible, you heard it ripped, right? My Bible's old. In my Bible, I have literally taped flowers. I call my daughter the flower girl. I have taped little flowers in my Bible from years ago. She's 34 now, and I think she was like eight, seven or eight when she gave me some of these flowers, you know? 
hallelujah, God wants something that is yours. If he wanted something to belong to somebody else, he'd talk to them about it. Amen. So David bought the property. And he built an altar there. The angel put away his sword, and David continued to make sacrifices to the Lord. Look in verse 27, and it says, And the Lord commanded the angel, and he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on a threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, then then he sacrificed there. Amen. Amen. David made burnt offerings and peace offerings, and God answered by fire on the altar. God accepted them. There are places in the Bible when God answers by fire. Exodus 3.2, the burning bush. Leviticus 9.24, consumed fire on altar. 1 Kings 18, verse 38, Elijah proved his God and his ministers. I love that. Please read 1 Kings 18, 18. <laughs> you know, when you get a chance. Amen. 1 Chronicles 21, 26, we just read David's burnt offerings. 2 Chronicles 7, 1, Solomon's fire, musical instrument, and joy. Listen, the devil can't stand it. He can't stand it when you have a lot of joy, when you laugh. He doesn't like you laughing. He doesn't want you singing. He doesn't want you praising God. He doesn't want you to do anything that God likes. He doesn't play a look. If you if you have an instrument, no matter how good you can play it or how bad you play, <laughs> play that instrument. Amen. You might have a guitar. You might not be Carlos Santana or Stanley, uh, whatever their names are. Okay. You know, play that instrument. You may not play the piano like Roberta Flack. Hallelujah. You may not sing like Patti LaBelle or Whitney Houston or Celine Dion. Amen. Sing anyway. Every time you sing, Satan hates it. That should that should uh, uh, um, motivate you right there. Amen. Amen. A refining fire. God's love, God's finger is a refining fire. He is a refining fire, honey. When God comes around, things are going to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Things are going to change. This speaks of divine judgment. The fire speaks of divine judgment. A symbol of divine presence and power. Amen. Amen. So, Does God have you on a threshing floor? It's time to change. Don't be afraid to change. The God we serve is is huge. He's a big boy. He can handle his self. Amen. But when God wants to make a change in your life, allow him to do so. Allow him to do so. Amen. If you're feeling right now a change, if you're feeling something in your heart, if you feel something stirring in your heart, that's God. Are you saved? If you're not saved, all you have to do is just repent of your sins. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am so sorry. I accept you as my Savior. And I believe you died on a cross and rose three days later just for me. 
Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. I love you. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. And let me be the first to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Get yourself a Bible. Find yourself a Bible. Believing, tongue talking, Holy Ghost Church. Amen. I didn't say holy rolling. Not the holy rollers. Again, not the ones that foam at the mouth. <laughs> That's the chick. Those are the chicken blood folks. <laughs> Find yourself somebody that operates in the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And knows how to allow him to use them to get the word. Amen. To decipher the word. And start learning of him. You can start with the Old Testament. You can whatever you're interested in in the Bible. Start there, and God, the Holy Spirit, will show you where to go next. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. I love you, but remember, God loves you more. Reverend Essie signing off. God bless you and keep you. Make His face to shine upon you. Give you His mercy, His rest, His peace, His love, His joy, abundance, wealth. Good health, amen, <laughs> hallelujah, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. And um, my blog is revessy.com.